Bruce Newberry. The food dude. Are you hungry? Bruce, you're making us hungry. I am dining out. With- you're dining out with Bruce Newberry. You're a food dude. I'm very happy to be here dining out with Bruce Newberry here in Rhode Island. That should be your name, the food dude. Oh, man. Hello again. Welcome to the tastiest talk show on the radio. And uh, we are here practicing all safe methods. And uh, we are here for you with no less than your food supply. I mean, that is it. Uh, We have uh, so many great restaurants and restaurateurs who are ready to serve you and uh, really have become and were your food supply. And so many of them are doing comfort food. So that's going to be our kind of question. What is your idea of comfort food? Is it a big lasagna? Is it barbecue? Is it cassoulet? Is it, uh, you tell me, is it empanadas? Is it, we're going to find out. And uh, that is our question du jour sponsored by the Wayberry Inn, which is still doing takeout. As we all must do here, Wayberry's takeout hours are 5 to 7 p.m. So Donna and her crew and Robert and, and everyone are going to take care of you for dinner time. And I'll, uh, you can call the inn's main number, 388-4015. And then there's an, another takeout hotline that I'll get for you. All right, the big story in Rhode Island where I'm broadcasting from today, the studios of our flagship WADK 1540 here in Newport. And the big story is that the governor of Rhode Island has uh, bailed out the restaurants, at least uh, given them a boost. Last evening at 9 o'clock last night, she signed an executive order that allows restaurants to include beer and wine for takeout. And this is a huge thing. It is a major move. And how big a move was it? It was so big that one restaurateur said, I had my restaurant closed, locked up, boarded up, ready to go. I'm jumping back in. I'll be open by next Wednesday. And so it is no less than that much of a, at least a psychological boost. And and we hope that it is a financial boost because that is really what's going to turn this around. But I have some success stories to share with you today. I really hope that we can we can provide a little bit of an oasis for you over the next couple of hours. We're going to feed you at least with your ears, the way the, with the, the way that we've always done. Just check the Bruce Newberry Facebook fan page. We've got some greatest hits of food up there right now, and including not the least of which is a spread from somebody that knows all about spreads and uh, is an inspiration during this time. Our friend Ted Tomlinson from the Spank Puppy in Colchester, who joins me on the line. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to hear your fantastic voice at a safe distance of, uh, <laughs> over several phone lines and uh, over a few miles. So I think we're practicing the proper social distancing amount. I think 300 miles is probably a good social distance. Somewhere in that radius. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think so. So uh, I'll tell you, uh, it has been a week of just hurly-burly, ups and downs. Uh, talk about uh, a roller coaster, and uh, yet here we are, and you're actually showing some signs of uh, 
doing what you do so well there at the Spank Puppy. Uh, some of the pictures I'm seeing, uh, you look like you're having to fight the crowds off. We got very, I mean, I, 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 it's roller coaster is right for sure. And I, I have to be careful how I talk about this because we were extremely blessed yesterday. Um, it, it, it was really, it was such an outpouring from the community. Um, we had it, we had a great day yesterday, but I want to be careful about that because there's so, so many other restaurants that they're, they're struggling. So I, I want to be careful about, you know, being too happy about, of course, you know, a, a busy day we had. We, we were just, just extremely blessed uh, yesterday. Online ordering uh, really is helping us out. Um, our governor as well signed an executive order um, allowing takeout, uh, uh, takeout and delivery of uh, unopened uh, wine, beer, and uh, now you can mix cocktails as long as they're sealed. That helped us a lot. Uh, we were nervous heading into this, as everybody was, um, so I'm right in line with uh, the restaurant you talked about. I mean, we, we didn't know what we were going to do, and then uh, that helped a lot. Uh, it, it was great. So, yeah, it was, we had a busy day yesterday. We sold out of two loins of prime rib. Um, our staff, we didn't have to lay off our staff for the entire week. Uh, we were able to pay our cooks. Uh, we still had waitresses handling all the, uh, the, the takeout orders. They were able to make tips. Um, so we made it five days and we didn't have to lay anybody off so that's we're knocking on wood for next week well that is good at least uh the uh that is the the best news because there have been so many places that have had to do that and uh, what ted talks about is uh really what is what is happening and uh look it is a period of adjustment but we've it, it, we've not been through this uh before but um we have been through things that approximate this before. And so my point is that we're able in this business to do pivoting and to respond and bounce back to uh, a lot of different things. And so um, the uh, it, at the very, very least, in the past few days, we've readjusted, 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 readjusted. And uh, you have actually found a way that may actually be something that is going to be a secret weapon for some of these restaurants, maybe all of them, Ted, to uh, at least uh, be able to stay even. Nobody's looking to make a million dollars off of this thing, but what we would hope is that the thousands of restaurants within sound of our voices here are at least going to be able to, to stay the course and reopen and uh, come back after all of this. And the way that, that you did, and it was a very simple thing that you did, may just be key. And I want not only uh, our friends who dine out often to listen, but our friends who are in the restaurant business to, uh, to listen and, and tell everybody what you did on Facebook. <laughs> well, we, uh, I, I, boy, would I love to take uh, genius credit for this, but... Like everything else, it was, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, when we got the, obviously, we, we got the news that, you know, we were going to have to close down. First order of business was for our executive chef to go through our entire inventory and to kind of transition it from our regular menu and see and, and, and move into something we could just cook off so we don't have to waste anything. What can we cook and freeze? What can we um, sell? What can we uh, 
what we have to get rid of, uh, what can we donate. So we were just kind of thinking, you know, the executive chef's like, well, what am I going to do with all this? I said, well, let's see what people want to eat. And uh, so we just posted out that, hey, let us know um, what your favorite foods are, what your favorite comfort foods are, and we'll cook them off. Um, and, uh, again, I'd like to say that that was a result of uh, some intelligence and a big strategy meeting, but it was we had to figure out what we were going to do with our inventory. So uh, we got some great suggestions. We made, I don't know, about you know, 10 so on pans of uh, lasagna. We had a request for stuffed peppers. We were able to cook off our rice and our meat into stuffed peppers, all of our produce we were able to turn into people requested their own soup so you know since now we don't have to follow a specific menu and since most of the food is probably going to be i'm assuming once this thing and when i say thing i mean this trend of uh takeout delivery sweeps nationwide we might as well just cook what people want since we're going to be delivering to them anyway and uh we don't necessarily have to follow a set menu anymore so i would encourage everybody ask your clientele get out on social media what are their favorites, and uh, let them set the menu for you, and you've already got them hooked to buy it. That is key, and it is a brilliant move, and I will tell you, I have shared this with several restaurateurs, and uh, it is the look on their faces, the, the dawn, the light of dawn that lights up their faces is truly incredible because it's the answer, and it is the, um, it is the answer to... Perhaps uh, what we've always done, I mean, we've always had specials and we always have popular things. And uh, I think that uh, that that's an important, an important, important point. Now, uh, so tell us what some of the popular things are. I saw that you posted the other day. You were looking for enough people so that you could cook an entire beef loin. How did that turn out? <laughs> well, we got we got we had one loin we usually do between one and two loins on a Friday because it's all dine-in. And um, we had enough orders. We started serving at 1130 yesterday, and by noon we had sold off that entire loin. Some people had ordered ahead, some people had scheduled orders, some people had ordered for pickup because it was right around lunch. So in a panic, we cooked off the second loin. I think we got our way mostly through that. Um, and, again, I don't want to, I can't take any credit for this. The necessity was, are we even, are we going to, is this worth even cooking this thing off? Because if it's not, then you, you know, you've got a 20-pound loin that you can't do anything with. So by posting the day before and seeing if people would even go for it, that made it worthwhile. So we were able to almost sell the whole loin the day before just from getting it out there on social media. So... Uh, get out there on social media and, and judge, you know, what the public sympathy is going to be because they're all stir-crazy. All they're doing is sitting at home watching TV looking at food commercials. So <laughs> that's one of the things that we've been seeing uh, as, as a response on social media for us is that, you know, there's a lot of people that are working from home or they're staying home or they have to stay home, and, you know, they're watching TV, get stuff done around the house, and you don't realize how many food commercials are on TV until you can't go out to eat. And uh, so we're just getting all these responses of, hey, can, you know, copycat recipes. Can you do this? We saw this on TV. Can you make this kind of burger? Can you make this kind of entree? Because uh, of all the food commercials. So they're doing kind of the heavy lifting. Well, how about that? It uh, really, really is uh, just an amazing thing talking with Ted Tomlinson. He is at the Spank Puppy as we speak. And uh, so what's on the menu for today? 
Today we're doing just a simple uh, lunch and pub menu. Uh, again, um, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We have a couple restaurants. Uh, usually we do brunch Saturday and Sunday. We didn't know uh, if that was going to work. We saw a couple restaurants that are doing it, so I'm interested to see how well they do. Um, and we're not open tomorrow. Uh, usually that's our, our biggest day, but we don't know how it's going to go. So this is we're navigating this too. Um, today we're going to test out to see what lunch um, so, you know, we're going to have uh, some specials of the burgers, hot dogs. Um, we have some comfort food again, like lasagna, uh, stuffed peppers, uh, prime rib sandwich, uh, and then our, our regular pub menu with, you know, pub appetizers, wings, and, uh, and fried food. So we're going to see. Maybe it's going to work. Maybe it won't. Um, and uh, we'll just kind of adjust for next week. And it will be an adjustment for sure. So uh, go right ahead and give your your takeout line and uh, any other information that anybody who uh, would like to grab some takeout from the Spank Puppy can get it. Sure. Um, you can always call us, 802-878-6440. Uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash thepuppycolchester. We have the online ordering link there. It's really long and kind of complicated, so it's <laughs> hard to read, but if you check out our Facebook page uh, and our website, www.spankpuppyvt.com, we should have, uh, you can online order there, and hopefully we'll have delivery up by next week. And um, if you have any ideas, you can always uh, post something on Facebook. If you want us to cook any of your favorite foods, uh, we're going to keep plugging away at this. Let us know uh, through our website or through um, social media, and, uh, and we'll do it. All right. Well, keep up, keep up the good work. We will check in with you again, and uh, you just uh, keep on doing what you're doing and keep feeding us. You keep doing what you're doing. You're fighting for all of us, and we thank you. We're all got to stick together through this, and uh, the community is is fantastic. But thank you so much for everything you're doing as well. Not at all. Thanks very much, Ted. Ted Tomlinson there at the Spank Puppy live here on Dining Out with Bruce Newberry. We're here in the Broadcast Bistro, as always, keeping on. We're going to talk with a chef instructor at the world's largest culinary university, Johnson Wales University, which is undergoing the same trials that every other institute of higher learning and lower learning and every other school is. They've had to shut down, do it virtually and all that. Well, we're going to do some virtual learning, at least maybe some recipe sharing. And we're going to talk a little bit about the the psychology of why we are so wrenched when our favorite restaurant is taken away from us. I mean, look, everything's been taken away from us. But this is different than we can't go to the movies. And if we stop to figure it out, our food supply has been taken away. I mean, if we stop and consider, and we've always kind of talked about this in a in a kind of a joking, snarky way. Oh, well, a generation never learned to cook. Well, two generations never learned to cook, but we still have to eat. And this is where restaurants have stepped in over the last couple of decades. And now that's been jerked out from under us. The rug has been pulled. So, of course, we're devastated. It is perfectly understandable. And so chefs and restaurateurs who are able have stepped up because as the sign used to say outside the restaurant, eat here or we both starve. These are, for the most part, independent restaurant, uh, independent businesses who run these restaurants. And uh, they are dependent upon you as much as you and I are dependent upon them. So we need each other right now. And I have some real world stories 
from Restaurant Row, some good stories about what has happened just in the past few days. And I will share them with you momentarily. We're going to talk with our first chef guest, Chef TJ Deladon from Johnson & Wales University. And he's going to uh, talk to us a little bit more about the psychology of all of this. And uh, then in the next hour, we're going to speak with uh, another chef instructor from Wu, And it kind of speaks to our question du jour. What is the ultimate comfort food to you? I mean, think about what you may consider comfort food, and there's one that's kind of the height of it, if you think about it. And maybe it's going to be different from you, but I think that we're all going to be able to agree on this. And my guest in the next hour is Chef Britt is going to have the answer. So in the meantime, I'll put this up on the Facebook fan page, and we'll, we'll go at it. So we're talking about comfort food. And one of the things that we'll kind of morph into here as we go through the weeks, is we'll share some recipes with you. Now, what have I been talking about when I talk about favorite recipes and what is made better by the addition to any of your favorite recipes? And that's Gaspar's. Gaspar's Linguisa and Churis. And it is so great in pasta sauce, on pizza, in an omelet. And we give out these favorite recipes everywhere we go from Gaspar's. So I'll share a few of them with you. Now, some of them can be adapted, quite frankly, to other sausages. We hope you'll pick up some Gaspar's. Still available, still out there. It has a uh, pretty long shelf life. It is a cooked sausage, a smoked sausage, readily available at all major supermarkets. So uh, head over to your major supermarket and uh, check it out. In some places, maybe with the local Locally produced products, other areas it's with the other uh, sausages near the cheese and things like that. But it is protein-packed, it is comfort food, and it is there for you, Gaspar's. It's the Portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy. We're brought to you by the Wayberry and limited-to-go menu, available for pickup from 5 to 7, Friday and Saturday nights. Here's the Wayberry Inn pickup line, and I have some of the some of the menu items for you, that Route 125 burger is on it. And that's enough right there. Uh, it's enough for me to pick up the phone and call 802-382-8965. 382-8965. Add a beer, some wine, or your favorite cocktail, because it's Vermont, and make a night of it. So 802-382-8965. Pick up only at the Wayberry Inn in Middlebury. We are with you, and uh, we continue to be with you here on the Broadcast Bistro. I'm Bobby Flay, and I'm dining out with Bruce Newberry. I'm not going to change the name of the show because we will dine out again. <laughs> nice to be with you here in the broadcast bistro. Among other things, we're rediscovering cooking, but we're having to figure out some other way to fill the void because we used to go and, and hang out at our favorite restaurant. It was our favorite diversion. So whether you're housebound and interested in rediscovering your cooking 
or whether you just like to have a voice and hear someone to discuss the uncertainty of the restaurant industry. We've got somebody here, the Assistant Dean of Culinary Relations and Special Projects for Johnson & Wales University, Chef Chef T.J. Deladon is on the line. T.J., nice to have you with us. Hey, thanks so much, Bruce. I really appreciate it. It's our great pleasure, and we really uh, want to be able to have some time here to talk with you. Well, let us talk about the the emotions and the conflicts that we're, we're feeling now. It's not just that a place that we went to and that we spent pleasant times at is gone, although that's that's jarring and wrenching enough. But our food supply has been taken away, hasn't it? Yeah, and, and, and uh, in many cases it has. I mean, if uh, I know everyone's been out to, to the grocery stores and been out to uh, their their local Costco's or BJ's and have found that uh, you know the the shelves are depleted and uh, you know we in it's 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 sad to see that and it's uh, it's understandable only because of how quickly this is this this uh, this pandemic this crisis has spiraled um, but uh, yeah that that this is this is a reality. In, in fact. And what does that do to us? I mean, we really have a sense of loss that we are just having trouble with. How do we get through that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it is. And, and I, and I, I will personally say that, I, that I'm dealing with that also. Yeah. I, I, I tried to give it a little bit of time. Um, I tried to, to, uh, quote unquote, play, play the survivor game for, for, uh, for a little bit and let, and hopefully let the, um, the stores kind of bounce back and get the supply chain back to where it needed to be. But, um, as we can see this, this thing again is, 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 uh, is, is moving along and, and will continue to impact us for, for weeks to come. But, but, but what, what, what I'm finding is that, you know, is, is, is reaching into a little bit of our, our creative spirit, right? We have to be, uh, we have to think about, um, innovative and, and creative ways and to, to engage with our, with our families and, and um, with small groups that we, be, we are spending time with uh, over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, uh, and the, the internet's been a, been, been a friend of ours. And we, I've been looking up uh, recipes that I've been wanting to try and, and, and things that I've been wanting to tackle um, for, for quite some time. And now I have the time to do it. Um, so um, I'm actually putting my culinary uh, skills to the test here. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's always a silver lining and we just have to look for it. Yeah. So I'm with you, Chef yeah. TJ Deladon. So what are you cooking that you, that you have been putting off and that you've had in the on the back burner and you're just getting to now tell us what you've well, been I, longing to cook that you're finally getting the opportunity to well since since our last trip to the store which was i guess this past tuesday um stocking up on some dry goods um it's something i it's something i've certainly cooked in the past but i haven't had the chance to cook for my wife and that's uh we've done a little cassoulet um you know soaking the beans nice. and making that uh yeah, and just in and find and using the ground meats that that we that were left on the shelves to to make some type of uh, um, curry worst and 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 just making something that that's really tasty and wholesome and 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 it's kind of feel good, you know. Or as we're, it's the first day of spring, so we're moving into the spring season, but you know it's still a little damp and a little chilly out there. So it was, it was definitely something that warmed up. That warm the heart. So are you, now that's comfort food. I was asked earlier this morning uh, what my idea of comfort food was, but cassoulet is certainly comfort food. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think anything, you know, as a chef and as a, 
as a as a teacher at, at Johnson and Wells, you know, we talk about you know what's that what's that ingredient that when we talk about braises and stews and what's that um, what's that ingredient? And it's it's love. It really is time and passion and love and and just letting uh, heat and slow heat and and time just really do uh, what it's supposed to do. You can't rush something like that. Um, you know, I, it, it's it's always good to have a have a bottle of wine with you and just, you know, and just kick back, relax at, you know, anecdotally, you know, just have, you know, and re-engaging with your family. You know, I'm finding that 12 hours a day that I spend on campus or away from home is, is now, you know, is now reallocated to, to my, to my family and, uh, and to my wife. And, uh, it's, it's fun, you know, we're getting, actually getting to know each other in, the, in, in different ways. And then we're talking, uh, just over at, you know, as, as the pot simmers, if you will. And it's been really, it's, you know, nice. I, again, it's, I'm, I'm, I just try to, I, like you said, the silver lining, I always try to just find something positive. Um, and, and I think that that's, uh, just spending time with, 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 uh, with my loved ones. Boy, that is uh, so great. So are you cooking together? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. She she prides herself on her her pan, her uh, vodka sauce. So um, so. She oh, tell me about. On, let's on share list. a secret. Uh, let's share some secrets here. What is the secret to uh, Mrs. Della Don's vodka sauce? <laughs> Good vodka. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know it's uh, and it's funny. You know she she really started to to get into it um, earlier this year, and, and she's made it a few times and. Uh, the first couple of times, I don't think she was buying, and and again, it's and Bruce, you gotta understand, I'm a chef, and she she's not. So <laughs> as I hover over her and give her, her give her her critique, she she sometimes it is sometimes it's a little off putting and and puts her under a lot of stress. But uh, I found she was buying the wrong product, right? And there's a place down the street. We're in we're in the Coesit area of Warwick, and there's a place down in Quaker Lane. That I said, why don't you go take a ride down there and see um, and see what they have for the tomato product, right? And 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 as Italian, there were like San Marzano. Yes. You know, we're, we're, you know, that's uh, you got to have the basil leaf in the can. You got to find the basil leaf. If it's not there, you know, it's not a good product. All so right. So the to tomatoes the with the basil leaf in the can. What about the cream? Do you use cream? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, do you use heavy cream? Do you use? Uh, uh, tell me what you found works best yeah so for something that acidic right we got to go uh we got to go with a with a with the dairy product with the high fat so obviously it's going to be heavy cream or heavy whipping cream um just so it doesn't separate like if i if i were making my bolognese it's a little less on the tomato side um i would i would do something like whole milk but for for the vodka sauce it's it's definitely heavy cream and that's the liaison at the end that's that's the last thing you add um, and it's, it's really simple. It's five, six ingredients, but I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's another one of those stick to your bones, you know, with a good, fresh, uh, I'm not making the rigatoni, but you know, you find something, you know, either a venda or something around town. That's, that's a nice, fresh rigatoni. That's it stick to the bone. Sure. For sure. If you can't, uh, chef Deladon, if you can't find, you say a venda, is there a good imported pasta or even a domestic pasta that you might recommend? Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, it's, I've been with Barilla now for so long, you know, they, they, they donate a lot nice. to Johnson Wells and uh, to a, to a conference I was affiliated with out in California called the Flavor Experience. And uh, Chef Lorenzo is their corporate chef. Uh, and I'll tell you what, you know, the way he, the way he works with the, with his um, brand is, is, is impeccable. And I'll tell you what, it's, we had a box here of, 
of the Barilla rigatoni, and it was it's fantastic. So that's the way to go, boy. That's that's great because Barilla is pretty widely available, and uh, it's oh, great absolutely. to know that they are a supporter of Jay Wu. So even more to recommend them. Uh, hey, stand by for just a second, Chef, if you would. Uh, yeah, and sure. uh, we're talking with Chef TJ Deladon from Johnson Wales University, and we're kind of doing some cooking here, which is not a bad deal at all. We are on the line with Chef TJ Deladon from Johnson Wales University, and we're talking about uh, what you can do to rediscover your cooking and also to help out the restaurant community. Uh, let's go back to the kitchen here, Chef, for a minute. Now, yeah. we don't need a whole lot of complicated or expensive ingredients to really accomplish something great. Great, do we? Not at all. Not at all. You know, it's it is. You know, I, it's just a return to to just the basics. You know, a, a good a good stock, some you know, a good pantry items, or maybe again a bottle of wine and you know butter, of course. And yeah, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think you need a lot. I really don't think you need a lot. And um, uh, and and a lot. And when you're talking about you know, we're talking about comfort food when we're talking about soups and stews. You know, that's that that goes a long way. You know, preserving the um, the, the shelf life by you know freezing using that outdoor freezer that a lot of us have or that, that garage freezer, right. um, and just you know it's 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 meal prepping with, through a different lens as as I would say. Yeah, that's really the key, and and again, silver lining. We've rediscovered that. Uh, what are you hearing from your students, your alumni out there on Restaurant Row, Chef? Uh, what uh, are you hearing from? our restaurant community that is really up against it in these days. And what can you tell us? Yeah. You know, it's the, the first, one thing I do want to say is that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm with all of my friends and colleagues and, uh, um, alumni that are out there in, in this, uh, in this time, you know, it's, you know, restaurant going out to eat is something that, you know, I, is, is, is something that my wife and I love to do. And, you know, and for a lot of people, it's, um, it, it's really a release. It's a time to get out and to go to that, you know, that theater of food, uh, as, as I always say, and that has been kind of taken away from us. And I do want to say this, that it is no one's fault. This is, this is, this is not one chef's. This is not the industry's fault. This is, this is no one's fault. This, this just happened. And, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot, you know, it's not just food service, right? You know, look at theaters and other, you know, of area, course. industries that are being affected, but just being gathering, you know, where people gather, you know, and, and so um, this is no one's fault. But what I will say is, um, you know, for the for the chefs that have decided to close their, you know, close their doors for the time being, that's the right thing to do. You know, we're following orders. We're making sure that we're keeping our, our patrons safe. And, you know, that's that's our mantra here, you know, and, and our goal at Johnson Wells also is to make, you know, we're making decisions for the health and the and the and the and the betterment of our of our of our student body. That's who is in our focus right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to assume that chefs are doing the same thing for their patrons. You know, they're making these tough decisions to make sure that, you know, their their um, their customers and their patrons are safe. Right. That does come with a with a disadvantage. You know that that income, that that revenue that that the chefs are generating from you know serving food uh, daily to their to their guests is is not there, right? So um, I'm hoping and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that the uh, local governments to the even to the fed, federal government is going to do the right thing for small businesses that are going to that that you know it's still early, right? This is. Still, like some restaurants are still making the decision to um, shut down for for the um, for the interim, 
Um, so this is still early, right? I think the government has to get their uh, their their arms around this a little bit. Um, there has been talk about it from what I've seen. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that happens so our small businesses can keep their doors open. Um, and, um, you know, for the ones that are doing, the, they're retooling a little bit. They're looking at different uh, delivery models as far as, um, you know, maybe even a drive-up curbside delivery, um, yes. takeout delivery. You know, I, I feel strongly that if we are, you know, because, you know, look at, look at the, you know, my, it's my, you know, kind of, um, cohort of, of people that, you know, are going to go out. Uh, right. And, and if, if, if you're, if you're staying true to the, to the rules that we're hearing from government, you know, staying, you know, in, in small groups, if you're just going out with, with your partner, with your friend to, to grab some takeout, I, I would, I would, I would encourage that. Yeah, I would encourage that. If you're going to go out to to the to the store and on, on a nice day, um, you're going to put yourself at even you know just as much risk as you would going anywhere. So if you're well, driving sure. by, you know, say a North or say a Nixon Westminster, Nixon Broadway, um, you know, some someone again, some of the chefs in the Lama around town that are retooling and re reimagining how their their food service is being done. Take a stop by, you know, if you want to run in, grab something to go and support um, our, our local our, uh, food and beverage industry because, you know, they're always there for us. And I think that, um, you know, to give us a good meal and to give us some good will and good feeling um, that, that we can give back. And um, I think it's I think it's important. So I, I, do it. Want, I do You've want got it. I would uh, I'm going to I'm going to give you something that you can take to your alums and your students and anyone that is in the restaurant business. And I picked this up from a friend of mine who runs a restaurant in Colchester, Vermont, who some of you are, have already heard from if you're listening to us on Saturday. And what he has done is he posts on his social media, a question he says, if I, if, if there are 15 or 20 of you who would like prime rib, I will cook an entire loin. Just let me know. And to put that out there wow. it really primes the pump for things. And you're not just waiting for the business to come in. You're taking a proactive approach. And that I think is, is one of the great tools and maybe something that might get people through and to relearn some habits. Uh, so I would, I pass that along to you to pass along. That is at, that is fantastic. That, and I like, and, and Bruce, I love what you said when uh, you're saying creating habits, right? This is, this is the, the new norm. You know, that's, that's the term being tossed around. It's just, I don't want it to stay too long, right? We want to see the, you know, business right. open back up and we get back on track here, but yeah, creating new habits and just rethinking about, you know, it, it, it yeah, I really like that, that soup. Or if I really like that entree, I really like that eggs Benedict, you know, think about it. You can still, you can still get it. You know, you, you again, you don't, might not have that social gathering of sitting at the bar, having a drink and enjoying a meal, but you can still support, um, you can still support the industry in a, in a different way. And you like bet. you said, creating new habits. So that's great. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you for something. Would you be so kind as to send me those recipes for your cassoulet and maybe your wife's pink vodka sauce? If you all <laughs> wouldn't mind sharing them. She, she's going to be thrilled. Now I'm, I'm going to tell her right after the call. <laughs> 
Please do, because I think we'll, we're going to yeah. start sharing some recipes here. And I think that we want to just get the whole thing going. And whether you're rediscovering your craft or jumping in the kitchen for the first time, uh, I think that this is some way that we can at least keep from going crazy and something good will come out of this. So uh, I would consider it a kindness. And I'll wait to get those from you. Chef TJ Deladon from Johnson & Wales University. Thank you so very, very much. Great to talk to you. Bruce, thank you so much. Have a great day. Stay safe. Food dude. I'm very happy to be here dining out with Bruce Newberry here in Rhode Island. That should be your name, the food dude. I don't know, maybe we call it virtual dining out. I'm still your food dude. And I'm not virtual. I'm as real as real can get. What is the ultimate comfort food? And we welcome you back to the tastiest talk show on the radio, virtually or otherwise. And we're here. We're your food supply. Your restaurants are your food supply. And we need each other very, very much, very desperately at this time. And so let's keep it going and keep good thoughts here. What is the ultimate comfort food? There is an ultimate comfort food. I really, really think that there is an answer to this. And my guest in a minute is going to bear me out. We all have a food budget that is going to get stretched if it isn't already. But we all have a lot more in common. We have things in our refrigerator. You know, there's a frozen pork butt in there. And there's a pantry with ingredients you probably haven't used for a while. But psychologically, we need to get some control. And cooking may just give us this control. And my guest is going to be a tremendous help in this regard. Assistant Professor, College of Culinary Arts, Johnson & Wales University, Chef Matt Britt joins us on the line. Chef, nice to have you with us. Bruce, thanks for having me. Great, great pleasure. Let's get cooking. I mean, uh, this is really a place that we can get back into control, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, this is the time where everyone can sort of focus in on all the things that they've wanted to uh, try in the kitchen. Like what? Give us an example. So, you know, I was at the grocery store last week. I, I, I bared the elements. I went to the store. And, of course, the, the, the meat section was all picked over. And, you know, all the sort of popular items were just gone. Forget about any sort of sanitizing wipes. But in the middle of sort of the grocery store aisle, in one of those sort of center coolers, there was like a beaming light coming out of the, uh, the, the container. And it was a frozen 20-pound turkey, and you would think that this turkey actually had uh, coronavirus because no one was touching it. People were standing six feet away, and I'm just seeing opportunity staring me at the face. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy two of them, and I'm going to bring them home. I'm going to throw one in my freezer and let the other one kind of thaw out nicely, and uh, the amount of things that you can do with such a big product, it's almost like you get to channel uh, Thanksgiving, which is such a sort of time where people come together and spend time as family anyway. And since we're being almost forced to spend a lot more time with our family, we might as well use some of the ingredients we're used to using in those times. So, uh, yeah, for sure. We're talking with Chet Matt Britt of uh, Johnson & Wales University. Now, I had asked on the Facebook fan page just a little while ago what the ultimate comfort food might be. And I think that there is an answer, and I think that uh, you and me and our friend Miriam Weinstein from Johnson & Wales were kind of kicking around one particular occasion and one holiday that's built around food is maybe the ultimate comfort food, yes? Yeah, absolutely, and that turkey fits right into it. So, you know, I think that this is an opportunity to sort of channel your inner Thanksgiving while not um, maybe repeating some of the same 
dishes that you would normally serve? Because you mentioned earlier, you do have that pantry full of ingredients that maybe aren't utilized as often as you would like, or maybe you um, are unfamiliar, you bought them once uh, with the hope that you get around to figuring out how to cook a certain type of lentil or something like that. So, you know, I took this big bird that I bought, and now I'm sort of breaking it down, and I'm trying to figure out all the different ways, and I'm experimenting. I'm doing a little bit of fun playing around in the kitchen with different techniques and different preparations to sort of elevate what normally would be sort of that Thanksgiving feast, but doing it in a way that channels different cultures and different ingredients uh, that are a little more untraditional. Okay, so give us an example. Well, so, you know, one of the things, so like, again, we're talking a big bird here, we're talking a big turkey, so thaw that turkey out, you know, take the breast off the bird. Um, I put one of the breasts right back in the freezer because there's no way just between me, my wife, and my small family that we're going to be able to eat all this in one setting. So I'm sort of processing the larger uh, animal, and then I'm actually kind of like refreezing it and saving it for later. But the other breast, what I did is I created a nice sort of pastrami brine, and, you know, that just contains some kosher salt, brown sugar, cloves, uh, black peppercorns, juniper, which is one of my favorite ingredients, uh, and some fresh thyme or dried. Any, any dried ingredients will work for this as well. And I brine that turkey breast for about 24 to 48 hours uh, because it is pretty big. And then what I'll do is I'll actually take that out of the brine, dry it off, uh, apply a little bit more of the same spice mixture almost as a rub, and I'll roast that in the oven. And then I can shave that and have sort of turkey pastrami sandwiches for days and it is delicious, Bruce. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that that sounds like uh, really something that would be terrific. Uh, Chef Matthew Britt, you know, regardless of culture, I guess I guess if we take the idea of Thanksgiving, we can adapt other cultures into it. Uh, for example, I mean, someone's, someone's traditional side dish at Thanksgiving may be avocado, you know, as opposed to... Mm-hmm. As yeah. opposed to a lot of the, you know, the cranberry sauce and that kind of thing. What are some of the other, maybe that's the way to get creative with some of the unusual sides. Yeah, well, so I think that, you know, you say avocado and my mind immediately runs into either Southern California or Latin America, Mexico, or even South America. And I think that there's so many um, obvious pairings for sort of turkey and some of those sort of South American ingredients. You know, one of my favorite pairings is just a traditional red mole with a roast turkey breast. I think that works really well together. Um, When you're thinking about different types of sides, you know, for Thanksgiving, I automatically think mashed potatoes. But now, like, mashed potatoes are great, but I'm not really having the opportunity to go out and do as much sort of moving around, so I don't want to just eat a ton of carbs. How can I make those a little bit more healthy? Uh, And I'm going to channel, like a uh, Peruvian-inspired dish called causa, which is actually a olive oil potato mixture made and actually served cold. And you could make like a little chilled turkey salad with some of the roasted turkey meat, combine that with some mayo, a little bit of vinegar, and then serve that on top of this cold potato mixture. Sounds a little bit out there, but it's surprisingly delicious. Oh, man, I'm, st- I'm still back at the Red Mole, chef. <laughs> yeah, Roast turkey with uh, with red mole and some sesame seeds. It is a classic Mexican preparation, and it is it is delicious. Wow! Yeah, let's let's back it up here now. What do you serve at, at your Thanksgiving? So I'm really into, and I think this works really well in this situation. Is uh, I'm into big root vegetables and vegetables that are relatively shelf stable, and so I'm a big. Um, 
fan of roasted Brussels sprouts or roasted parsnips and carrots and butternut squash and all these things that you can buy. Um, I'm not necessarily saying in bulk, but I'm saying buy them a few days ahead of time and they'll hold on your counter or in your cupboard or in your pantry for up to a week or even longer without any sort of quality concern. And then you can roast those with all those spices that you have just sort of lurking in the back of your spice cabinet. And immediately my mind goes to like spices like cumin or sumac or even some other Middle Eastern spices that, you know, we don't use on a daily basis. But when you apply those to some of these sort of earthy root vegetables, they can really help make them pop and, and elevate them to new levels. Yeah, yeah. And you're really solving a great problem that we've certainly run up against, and that's navigating some of these sparse sections of the store meat section might be a little sparse. The produce is, is a little bit better, but uh, that's still a little tough in some spots, depending on where you're going. And we're without some of our farmer's markets. It's still early in the season, but the, you, there are a lot of folks who really uh, go year round to the farmer's markets and they're, they've announced mm-hmm. that some of them are closed and things like this. So you're really being a great help to us in navigating and making do at least in the in the early going here, hopefully we'll get into some kind of a semblance where supply will at least be adequate. Uh, but the, to make yeah. things stretch, I think that's the that's the way it goes. Um, a couple more minutes here with Chef Matt Britt. Uh, what um, what kind of recipes would you uh, would you uh, g- help us get into? I mean, it's probably not that much different from when you're teaching one of your classes in that. Um, well, yeah. Go ahead. You're right. You're right. It, 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 it isn't. It's, it's actually an opportunity to sort of get creative. And you said it earlier. Uh, the stores are coming back, and they are um, restocking as best they can. And, you know, we're incredibly thankful to the people that are doing that. Uh, but I do think this is an opportunity to, you know, avoid sort of your common practice. I mean, you go to the grocery store, and what's wiped out? It's the pre-processed chicken breast. It's the things that are easy that people are familiar with and are easy to put into your freezer and easy to cook, um, head down the aisles that are a little bit outside your comfort zone and, and, and pick out some ingredients that maybe you've heard of through a recipe or maybe a cooking show and, and put them in your cart and bring them home. And it's an opportunity to actually I kind of educate yourself on maybe some different cultural cuisines that are out there. You know, and I think about all the parents that are having to sort of uh, take on the role of both full-time uh, employee, but also teacher now, you know, this is a great opportunity to bring your kids into the kitchen and to sort of highlight ingredients that maybe aren't indigenous or, or, or common in our own world, but maybe bring something from the Middle East or bring something from India or Latin America into the kitchen and almost have like a little cultural um, social studies lesson by way of food, I think is a great way to sort of bring everyone together and experiment and try new flavors and really force people in a nice way outside their comfort zone uh, to try new things and to really develop their palate. Hey, who knows? We may get an extra developed palate out of all of this. Maybe there's a there's an un- unforeseen advantage. We talk about unforeseen consequences. This could be like an unforeseen advantage in all of this. So uh, give us a recipe that you might be able to send to us, Chef Matt Britt. How about, how about the recipe for that mole? Well, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different types of mole. And, you know, one of the misconceptions with, with mole is that a lot of people, when they're first getting into 
sort of experimental cooking and they're going outside their comfort zone and they, you know, they'll label it as like, oh, I, I don't really know if I like that recipe because it's, it's a chocolate recipe. And, and mole is not a chocolate sauce. And I think that that's a common misconception. Uh, it's really this sort of harmonious uh, combination of ingredients. And only in a very few recipes, very few types of mole, does chocolate even come into the equation. So um, I have a great recipe that I can send you, which is for my mole poblano. Uh, and this is one that I took from the restaurant I used to run in Washington, D.C. a while back. And it has about 25 different ingredients. So don't feel intimidated by it. But I do think that um, this is a good opportunity that if you don't have one of those ingredients, don't worry about it. Just make it. Throw anything you want into the pot, and you might be able to create your own version, which will be your signature mole moving forward. Yeah, everybody's got their own signature mole, don't they? <laughs> I mean, in parts of the world, for sure. I mean, I would, I would love for more people to embrace that philosophy, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I think that those are great opportunities, whether it's, you know, the mole or even, you know, you mentioned earlier, in your freezer, there might be a large piece of meat, maybe pork. Um, throw that into your slow cooker or throw that into your Instant Pot if you have one and, uh, and braise that up and then make some pork tacos because that is really something that is approachable no matter how adventurous you are uh, from a flavor profile. I mean, everyone loves tacos. It's probably one of the most common vehicles of food out there. And you can take something that maybe has just been sitting in the back of your freezer, really glue quick marinade, throw it into the slow cooker, let it cook while you're playing with the kids, and then come back and have like sort of a nice meal that everyone can get around. Uh, sounds great. All right, Chef. Well, we're going to wait for that recipe now. We're going to share that and looking forward to it. And we'll have you on in a few weeks, and maybe we'll get some progress reports on how people are doing. Uh, but uh, we thank you very, very much for sharing your knowledge with us, and it's great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me on, Bruce. All right, Chef Matt Britt, Chef Instructor at Johnson & Wales University. Bruce Newberry. The food dude.